Today's chat is brought to you by the support of all our Twitch subscribers. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through the Twitch platform, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a subscriber of the FFC and gaining access to some exclusive features over in the Discord server, please be sure to visit our Twitch account and click on the subscribe button. If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 31st, 2020, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat, as we continue our discussion over the lore book Constellations. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who have signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 and this is the exploring, luring, and sometimes warring green-eyed music lover. And last but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest co-host, we have our good friend Ted Robinson. Ted, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Awesome. Uh, well, I know everyone is looking forward to diving into the discussion, and for us it's literally been about a matter of a couple minutes, so let's get <laughs> right into it. Um, Green, do you have, do you want us to jump through the entries and do a bit of more deeper dive into those entries before we get into the, cause the community actually had some good responses this week. Right. I think, you know, I don't know if I want to do the community. It's really six of one half dozen of the other <laughs> because there are responses or questions from the community that tie into the card specifically mm -hmm. so maybe we can use the questions that we got from the community as a way to start okay the conversation uh, so is, that sounds the, like a good plan one <laughs> so i i gathered a bunch of questions from the community on twitter and just kind of gathered them in here and i think one of the biggest things from d1 is a lot of people had questions about the speaker who is the speaker what's going on what is this person why are they important right so since then uh we have had this death of the speaker and i wanted to get the community's thoughts who may not be diving into the books as hard as we are on questions that they have about the speaker so the first one comes from friend of the show and uh former uh, guest host wicked he asked does the traveler use speakers in quotations with every species it encounters the lore entry from bastion with the fallen dialogue mentions a truth speaker and the fallen even approach one of the speakers slash kidnap him which i'm adding that in there for asking for his guidance so what do we think? There's a card that we get specifically that kind of addresses this a little bit, or at least kind of hints at it. We get the, uh, what is it, longing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the, yeah. Yeah, so do we think that there were speakers in the Elixni race, or something similar to I speakers in the Elixni race? I think it's very safe to assume that. That would make mm. sense. I mean, <clears throat> I... I because again, because speakers existed in the golden age, so it's not like guardians, which right. never existed before, right? right. And it, I mean, it makes sense that the traveler would have to communicate 
I mean, right. That actually answers well, a lot of questions I have around the golden age, because it's like, how is this? It, it's like always said, Oh, the traveler imparted its wisdom. I'm like, cool. How? Like, right. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, did it have like a glowing little sign on it? That was like, now go right. Now go left. Yeah. Well, Probably not so blunt, and even <laughs> in the descriptions and whatnot, it's going to still simple. not be a simple. I need really simple directions, Tom, Tom, okay? Traveler. As well as food, <laughs> as just food. have food yep. and coffee, mm-hmm. and Blue is happy. Yep. But like the line from Longing itself, that kind of hints that there may be something like that. Now, granted, this is um, a lost in translation, slight thing happening. The, and this is the dreg speaking and says you he says in a crackly distorted voice i am f- in speaker's floor they've managed to make a translator you are the mouth of the great machine so the fact that they have identified who what right. the speaker is and who the speaker is is interesting yeah they would have to know something in order to pinpoint or come to that decision Either they have some really good intelligence, which is possible, of figured out what's been going on on our end, yeah. or they have experience within themselves. Those are like the two options that you basically get for that. So the, it's very possible that there it may not be speakers as we see them, right? But there may be those within the Elixir race who have dreamt or have heard the traveler in some respects. Mm-hmm. All right, so question number two, and this one I'm going to let you, Ted, and Blue go at it because this one I think you guys are going to have a lot more fun with. (laughs) So this question comes from Chatting Myth, a friend of the show and somebody who's going to be on in the month of February. Spoiler alert. He asks, what is the mask of the speaker? That is one of those mystery boxes introduced in D1 Ghost Fragments that still hasn't really been answered, unless through constellations. It actually feels like the mask is the crisis of the traveler talking either to or through the speaker. When you read constellation, the in this two vertical lines, prose that is daggered, which is the two vertical lines on either side, is presumably the traveler's words or thoughts. So it must be using the speaker to a degree as an avatar. Thoughts? Comments? I I think of the mask more as like a lightning rod. Um, Something that the speaker was, after not hearing the traveler for so long, was finally able to come up with this device, which was the mask. And that's how they tuned in to the sounds that the traveler was making and I think with the collapse it was kind of a two way street I don't think the traveler knew how to talk to us post collapse and we didn't know how to talk to it or how to hear it until um, that that speaker started tinkering with a mask Um, I don't think that the mask that our speaker has is the one that was first made because they talk about it being made of scrap metal and stuff. I feel like it's oh, very yeah. much... It wasn't refined or anything. Right. I feel like it's very much a lightsaber-esque type of thing. Like, it was passed down how you make one, and it could be 
customized and refined to the speaker who was up and coming um, from that point. Um, but I, I think it'll be very interesting to see uh, what happens now that the Traveler is awake if we can uh, hear more of what's going on, if that signal has now been boosted and we don't need a mask, or if at some point we're going to have to find out how to how to dial back in and figure out what the Traveler's really trying to tell us. Here's part of my kind of follow-up question to what Chatting Myth posted is... We know that, as you mentioned, the speakers had trouble hearing the traveler or having the dreams or hearing the dreams after the collapse, right? Like it got down to zero. What is the major difference between the start of the collapse and prior in the Golden Age when the traveler was speaking more freely and after the collapse? Is it the fact of the traveler shedding its ghost? Is it the explosion out of the bottom of it, essentially? Is there a reason for that in particular? And why does creating an amplifier, is it just means our traveler's technically weaker at this point? Um, so many questions. Oh, back then, I wouldn't say at, like... At the current point, I don't think the Traveler's weaker, um, but definitely back then. But I keep coming back to that fourth tenet of the Traveler will leave us, and once it was not able to do that, I don't think that the Traveler knew how to proceed, and thus spent a lot of its energy on sending out the ghosts so i have a a counter question for that too in the final card we get descriptions of the traveler trying like wanting to leave but can't right that is something that it's mentioned beforehand with the description of the collapse is there, there's, doesn't seem to be that same kind of terrifying feeling as if the traveler was blindsided by whatever happened in the collapse. You have the entry where it talks about um, the old, what is it? I'm trying to remember what it's called. Uh, first is suffocation, then pain. The pain isn't localized to any part of you. Ah, uh, that's but severing. To all of you. Yeah, it's when... That's during the collapse. So like, that's the one that says, I am the right. speaker who witnesses the end of the world, which is the best right. opening right. line. I <laughs> love that. Right. Um, but, but then you, like, in here, you have the empty, empty, empty. You don't mm -hmm. have the... That ties you don't into, have the Traveler... That ties into the Traveler 3 Ghost Fragment, yeah. though. Yeah, and then you get the running at the end. Yes of this one where the traveler is trying to run and leave, but it can't like what we still have. No, it didn't foresee this. It seems like, right. It kind of did, but it didn't run then when it could. Right. Well, so it got, yeah. it got surprised. 
is what it comes across as. Yeah. Like, yeah. it saw the Red War coming from a mile away, but whatever happened in the collapse shocked it. Right, wasn't well, for it. Well, I, I would argue that it wasn't... It got surprised not by the arrival of the whatever darkness pyramid ships whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it that's not what surprised it it was the outside forces that all of a sudden grabbed it right that that had never happened because it says you want to run but you are pulled in all directions by opposite and equal forces that hold you perfectly still um right and And then another oh go for it go for it there's another mention of the pool, that kind of pool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually in the very, very first card where it talks about being pulled uh, by nine. Or uh, no, it's not in the first card. Is it the second one? Uh, so know. severing is when they mention the opposite and equal forces. Uh, waiting or waking is the first time that we don't get anything. Uh, and then I'm trying to see... So building is when he when it starts talking again. Uh, growing to the new star. I'm trying to find it real quick, but yes, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, suffering is when it's talking about the Kate, the grasping tendrils of dark, uh, which is there. It's one of the it's one of the subtexts in the cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it talks about being pulled mm-hmm. in nine different directions. Right, or nine directions. Which is, mm-hmm. I mean, of course you get the obvious. Well, there's a lot of, of things the nine, that nod but there's a to lot the of nine. other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that it's being pulled in directions, if well, but the, see again, we have the opposing groups of the nine. Right, but there's also the, uh, well, p- of course Pluto's not being included, but the planets themselves, because the traveler was hopping from. Mm-hmm, the traveler was hopping from planet to planet doing the terraforming thing and uh-huh. creating creating life and the fact that it got stuck mm-hmm. is weird well and see the thing the, the so the reason I, I i i know what you're saying but i disagree because we have an instant of it running through the system before it gets uh, paralyzed over earth Right, because I mean, it was it fleed from uh, Mercury. Was it fleeing from um, Mercury? It fl- no, it fled it was, from one uh, of the planets before it finished. Uh, Io. Yeah, that's right. But well, and actually, now that I'm thinking about this, touched. so hang on. So with Kraken Mare, we know that right before the Syzygy struck, it was running already. I was trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember the time frame of when the Syzygy was supposedly happening and then when, where the Traveler was also. Because if it, it was fleeing at the time of Kraken Mare, it was fleeing because that was the sundown distress call. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the earthquake happened, which was the, which is attributed to the Syzygy or whatever, however you pronounce it. Um, so if it was already in motion there, then I guess technically you could argue, yeah, you're right. You could technically argue that it was the alignment that could have gravitational impulses, like the spheres of lining and doing that. Mm-hmm. You're going to hate me. What if it was the nine different factions, 
the nine different groupings that caused it to freeze. Nine different groupings of what? Do you remember the nine card back from D1? Oh, like the the gather information card? Mm-hmm. The fact that it has different, essentially nine different mm-hmm. groups, nine different yeah. factions. The Traveler's attracted to planets for Lord only knows what reasons. But the Legends card. The f- mm-hmm. Legends 2. I don't know. That's just me spin-foiling a little bit. But I think we should move on to the next question. I'm sure yeah. we're going to have a lot more going on. Uh, Captain Peanut says, do we actually know if any race has spoken or heard the traveler? And it's not just the words of being of a being taking charge is what the question kind of boiled down to. He had a lengthy description at the beginning, but it was the idea of is there any other races that or any race in particular that has had speakers or is it just someone being a charlatan? And I think this one's kind of an easier one to answer compared to the last two. Yes. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, it's kind of answered in, in that first, first card that, you know, there are multiple, uh, there are, there can be, multiple speakers and they they all see these visions i i think that's about as spoken to as as anybody's ever gotten it's not been like hey what's up man like i need you to come do this um but right uh i don't i I think it's really, again, really safe to assume that it's done that before it's gotten to us. That there have been more people with headaches and dreams and been able to see something attributed to the Traveler. The fun thing with this one, I can also say, though, is it, I mean, there's no reason to believe that these are any sort of fabrications of raving madmen who have decided to all come up with the same kind of idea and theory about what's going on with the traveler. Um, The sheer amount of multiple speakers kind of lends to the credibility of them in some respects. Mm -hmm. What do you think blue? I know you had a slight hesitation on saying that. On saying what? On answering the question. In the affirmative, for the for Taylor B's, is that the one? For the, yeah. Um. Well, so this one, we basically get confirmation here in constellations that our speaker is the speaker that arrived by Ephrodite's hand. Um. So. And, and that being the case, I think the answer is that the speaker is really old uh, because we get it called out that the speaker is not arisen. We get it called out that the speaker was, I mean, if you follow the entries of constellations, it is the story of the heritage of the speaker lineage and then also the story of our speaker. Um, we also know, like I know that 
it's a point of contention because everyone's like, well, it's a, how do they know they live that long? Because I mean, we've, we've seen in multiple instances how it's referred to that humans had a triple lifespan right. in the golden age. And I know that, again, I understand that, you know, everyone's like, well, they don't live that long anymore. I'm like, well, yeah, you're in a dystopian environment. Like, you're not going to live that long if you're living in the middle of a war zone either. Because mm-hmm. there's things that are going to kill you. But that doesn't mean that you're going to die of old age. It means you're going to die of getting shot in the face. Like, right. you know, there, there's a difference <laughs> there. Um, so I think if you put humanity back into a safe environment that the length of life, I don't know if that's changed necessarily. Um, well, that's the question to ask, isn't it? Like, that, no, it is. It is the question. Good thing or Eva Levante, mm-hmm. like but information I mean, about them. In but particular, again, with Eve, Eva Levante, with Amanda Holiday, with uh, you know all these characters, the thing is, is like I don't see their lifespan as being re- reverted because why would it? Light was released, and if anything, more light was released than less. Light right, wasn't right. removed. It was actually increased right. by the wounding of the traveler because that's the entire point of the risen. Is also question: How long has the vanguard been around in the consensus? The consensus was brought into formation at the time of the faction wars. When were the like? How long ago were the faction wars? Yeah, Dino. It's Dino's. Again, I, I I agree with Dino. It's about three hundred ish years. So, which actually is a Hideo testament has to been there. Which is a testament for over three hundred years. Just how right. how flipping fast the hunters go through Vanguard mentors. Um, right, but like <laughs> the. Well, all of them have uh, been. Hide- yeah. Right, but Hideo has been there since mm-hmm. then. Um, obviously. Not necessarily um, Jalal. Lakshmi, because they came in lately. Lakshmi later, was brought in, Jal- yeah. But, Jal- but and we don't know if it was Jalal necessarily, but it right would make sense. But as far as if we're going to go with the the comic book, they've yeah, been there fair. since yep. for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And depending on how long it's been since that time, not necessarily the faction wars themselves, but the time of the comic book to now when Osiris was first exiled. Right. And I mean, in tapping into what we know about the Vanguard, you know, so we know that the Vanguard was formed within, um, growing, I think is the one, hang on real quick, because that's where the, like the schism really takes off between Osiris. Cause I, I agree with Osiris's call out on this one. Um, you know, he's like, that's a really slippery slope. Because um, this is where the speaker kind of puts his foot down and says, uh, hang on real quick, let me get to it. Uh, Every side has a voice, but not, not all voices should be given the same weight. Right. Some of yeah. these ideas are dangerous. We should determine which factions can continue to exist and give them an official channel through which to air their grievances and pursue their needs. And Osiris's immediate reaction is, yeah. which ideas are dangerous? And who decides that? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, yes. <laughs> that yeah. is, you start talking about censoring things and this is, this is a dangerous point, you know, like, uh, what is it? Echelon South. 
Um, I also love the the call out to the binary star, <laughs> Tallulah. Binary star idiots. Mm-hmm. Trinary, binary, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I totally take that as the writing team being like, eh. <laughs> Eh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I do, I do kind of see that as being, um, you know, and then again, this was where last week I was talking about, like, even though Osiris disagrees vehemently with it, he does, he participates. He says no. He votes no. Um, and he allow right. like he he, he, he goes along with it though. He he's he. You know, they vote, and Osiris is the only one who dissents, and then the consensus is formed, and it's like, okay, but the time that this happens to the time that we see in the comics, there, there is, I will put that there has been at least several decades, if not maybe a century or two between those two points. Right. Because, And so that tells me that even though Osiris disagrees with it, the majority ruled and he he went along with that decision because that is that was the decision that the consensus made he doesn't necessarily think it's the best decision but you know there is that he knew his was better yeah 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 he he disagreed with it but okay question two questions from nerfling do we know how many speak Nerf. <laughs> now you got me saying it again. Nerfling. Do we know how many speakers? Don't do that. <laughs> do we know how many speakers there have been? Are they guardians? So we do not know the grand total of speakers, but in the like, book, I'm there's count at least the entries. four. Yeah, Isn't exactly. No, but they they can't five. count the entries because the last well, no, 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 four sorry, five yeah, entries yeah. are all but one like, speaker. Basically, I think I think I think the total is like four. I think because there's one in dreaming the and then book. mentions of others. Yeah, that's the true. Because there's the speaker look like scroll. I actually kind of decided to name them a little bit. Look at <laughs> you, speaker who first speaker to dream, Terry, mm-hmm. speaker who witnessed the end of the world. Mm-hmm. The Alpha and the Omega. Uh, first speaker to see a ghost. First speaker to be taken prisoner. First speaker to never dream. Mm-hmm. Last speaker. So there's six okay. in constellations. Okay. Six, yeah, six points of view, and then uh, Ted's right because I think singing. They mention other ones. Singing, I think they mention other. Uh, yeah, singing or longing. One of them mentions other other right. speakers. And then also, uh, building, he calls out that he hasn't heard from other ones, I believe is the other thing. Right, yep. Mm-hmm. So there there seems to be one. some, like, some, uh... <laughs> now I have the Postal Express if speakers. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh... So, are any of them Guardians? At the point of Constellations, it doesn't seem to be the case. The speakers are described as, yeah. yeah. So the speakers do have uh, ghosts that tend to follow them, mm-hmm. but they do not get called out as risen or guardians in general. Because remember, the speaker who first see um, a ghost like resurrect somebody, that was obviously a human at this time because we didn't even have an awoken back on earth so these were either human or possibly exo mm-hmm. there's no call out for that that's, either that's true but... they would not 
be well they could be awoken could they though because the no. awoken didn't no. come back to earth until I mean, later okay yeah. well to be but clear we know that they could they be, could be. <laughs> yeah they they could be they probably it's improbable yeah. Because right. the Awoken were very rare for the large part of the Dark Ages. Right. I would imagine post-collapse that there would have been a wider spread of people yes. who could yes, potentially totally. be speakers from different planets. Oh. But once the collapse happened, that right. kind of limited it down to just Earth. What happens so the... if they go if they took a human speaker and made it into an exo? That I would don't be know how to think very about that. interesting. Um, oh, so that would be fun. So we do have the instance <laughs> of a speaker being from another it planet because happen. the very first card, yes, the first speaker, the first dreamer, <laughs> is likely from or has been on Mars for a very long time right. because they talk about freehold. going to the top of freehold mm-hmm. which that, also makes and, sense because Bray would be involved with this nonsense. Right. Do we want to get and that into was that? That's kind of in their dream thing, right? Yeah, that's why the yeah. Well, there you have the the psychobabble, the interplanetary relocation <laughs> maladjustment yep. psychosis. I love it. The clinician, <laughs> the clinicians at Braywell call it interplanetary relocation maladjustment psychosis. It sounds like something <laughs> Asher would say. Offhand, Which the, the the very next thing is a psychobabble catch-all for mental disturbances they can't explain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so we get a, a mention in that card too, and I'm I'm gonna I that we talked about the nine that mm-hmm. mention of the nine impulses. Yes, it's from the very first card. Yeah. yeah, it's just you either you or I put it in the notes. I think you did. Oh, have, chat has a good point too oh. uh, about Mara. Mara Mara being possibly a speaker. That's just that's an interesting oh, that theory. Would be, that would be an interesting yeah. theory because that would because he said uh, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Mara was one of them explaining her premonition, her hunch to flee with her family due to a speaker dream. That's an interesting take. I, I definitely yeah. could. I can oh see that God. being. There would be so many be weird implications with that. Yeah. And so much drama because. <laughs> wait. Mara. Wait. The yeah, awoken and drama. <gasps> <laughs> Like, you, you don't see oh. it, but I have my shocked face on. <laughs> <laughs> the The question would be, do you think that the ghost would recognize that? That ghost would recognize that in her? Because Mara's been around ghosts. She's been around our ghost. Now she hasn't been around a ton of them. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know how much it would... I don't know how much that theory would hold water. But... Just yeah, see, like I, I love, so I love how like both Dancy Dino's like you know, well, all Reefborn or Woken have prophetic dreams. Let's that Tetuan and all that. And right, there's but, so many that have prophetic dreams at but, this point, though. But remember how the Awoken were created right. in the distributary. They were all derived from Mara. Mm-hmm. And if Mara was a, like sense. technically, if Mara was a speaker, yeah. like I, it would be a loop basically yeah and i, I mean God, i just yeah. i i like that theory i like i mean that is that i don't know if i'd have to sit down and percolate it a little bit before mm-hmm. i like weighed in fully but i totally would 
I could see that totally being a really interesting twist or direction. Uh, I think I think Mara would be aware of it, and then chat saying that she wouldn't necessarily be aware of it. I think with as much as she lived, she would totally know what's going on. I just don't think she would really care to get involved. I don't know. I mean, it depends on the interpretations of the dreams, too. And right, you have yeah. to remember, though, that the Awoken are not the only ones in the universe who have no, had they prophetic are the only dreams. Ones. Yeah. They're the only ones. Do you really want to get into this fight right now? Do you see the? Do you see the vape? There's nope. something being the there's something being coming. thrown in the eastern eastward direction from Colorado right now. <laughs> What's that whistling in sound? The mail, glitter bomb or something. <laughs> Throwing knife from seven hundred plus miles. Green said away. something about she's mailing me a basket of kittens. I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, so, uh, as a good segue, last question from Gravemind. Would Ikora's visions pertaining to our Forsaken subclasses possibly hint at her being the next speaker? Ready, go. No. I, I don't... What about our own visions? No. Are you just saying that to be obstinate? Maybe. Well, so, like, so the thing... Yes and no. Anything's possible. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's not like it's set in stone. I wouldn't discount it. Well, the only I reason wouldn't... I the only reason I would disagree with it is because Ikora was literally in close proximity to the speaker for a long time. Right. And we know that the speaker has for the for at least a couple decades prior to our arriving been looking for a replacement so you know there's that um i the feeling that i get from constellations is that the ability to be a speaker is extremely rare even in the best circumstances right um and so like i'm not saying that because it seems like there are those who can dream but there's also guardians that we see that have the ability that ghosts flock to. Uh, we oh, have a guardian yeah. from in our notes. We have a guardian that is referred to as the dead mother of ghosts, Micah Ten, and you know she she her her entire thing is she goes around with flocks of ghosts and helps them find their their uh, their links. They're risen. Yeah. yeah, and so like I mean, if you're talking about because that was the first thing that I I, sw- I I mean that was the first note I wrote down when I read that entry. I was like, oh, ghosts flock to potential speakers. What about Micah? Like that is the like it's just one of the things that was a very prominent aspect of her her character. Um, but again, I think it's also the confluence of all of those abilities that make it for a speaker. So if, you know, if Ikora, we, we don't have any instances of Ikora interacting favorably with random ghosts. Like it's not that she's, it's not that she's an, like antithetical to the ghosts, but they don't, they don't like flock to their, um, I mean, and I think that's where you kind of don't see, you don't see Saint necessarily falling into that, realm either even though saint is able like you see saint like you see saint being able to get other ghosts to help him do stuff but they don't like there's not this inexplicable 
like clustering around them. Uh, right. You, oh, go for but it. He, so we're, we're, we're still kind of dodging the elephant in the room. Our guardian. I don't the think our guardian is. I, I don't think it the is. vision that I, no. I don't know. The vision. I would the, argue that. I don't think we can be a speaker per se. Right. But we did have a speaker like vision. Yes. With the vision at the end of the red war. Okay, I, let me, let me clear. Oh, yeah. We always Go have to keep in mind, just as a gameplay perspective, like not just straight lore, it would be really convenient uh, for gameplay if we could just cut out the middleman and then we were talking directly to the mm-hmm. traveler or somebody that we know and have a, uh, had established a connection with could talk directly to, a, to the traveler. Like, eventually that's gonna have to happen one or one or the other one or the other so i could i could see it just as in for the sake of moving things forward in the game that we could potentially be the next speaker at least a name even if we only get these visions because we are the guardian we are you know the one who helped bring it back to Mm -hmm. its current state I totally and I totally agree. Like to clarify, I totally agree that we are getting visions from the traveler. But again, I think that that's only one qualifier. I don't think. Right. You know, that's one of the things that I I think I was I'm pretty sure it was Dino. He and I were discussing in the intro session during like via chat is that the. The reason that we speakers have so far been non-risen may be the fact that their connection to the traveler has been stronger in some ways. Mm-hmm. But now, they could have, with the traveler being weakened, right. the closest connection to the traveler is us through our mm-hmm. ghost, through our connection through the I mean, traveler as in guardians. That, so, in that perspective, we have the, a strong one. Yeah, the, that perspective, the speakers could have been the beta testing for guardians. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's a good idea. Thought. Yeah, I mean, because I when you say that, that I mean that to me that mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. It's like, yeah. oh, like oh, bleepity bleep, I'm getting attacked. I know I can do this, bleh, and you know, yeah. let's just let's pour all the energy into doing a army of these guys. Right. Um, you know, I I totally can see that logic being present. And of course, that's assuming that ghosts. We have a ghost. Yeah. yeah, that's assuming that um, that's assuming that the ghosts were created by the traveler, which is still a assumption because we mm-hmm. don't have flat out confirmation that the ghost actually yeah. came from it. And this this book speaking does not where, help. Yeah, and speaking <laughs> about that, uh, let's go to what was it? Uh, waking. Mm-hmm. Uh, waking kind of muddies the water even yeah. further on that particular thing uh, it says i am the first speaker to see a ghost the way we tell it after the collapse that and i will reiterate the way we tell it so legends after the collapse okay. the traveler cut itself into a thousand tiny pieces and sent them out into the world these tiny pieces are drawn to me and to others like me like moths the first time i saw them i thought they were surveillance drones but up close they were nothing like our old technology not really. Ugh. 
Like mm-hmm. the way they move seem organic and so batch. I know. I'm like, if you just hadn't put the not really part, yeah, yeah. Um, they spin their shells like they are ruffling feathers. Their little forward-facing lights blink like eyes. I don't. I love this entry. Like I just love it. It's very good imagery. Oh my gosh! This the oh, this, the ghost that he's talking to is just so. We're called ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're searching, I think. Yeah, and this one also just makes my head hurt because all I see screaming across the page, even though it's not out there, is Dido. Dido. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I know. Do you remember? Do you remember that theory? Oh God, I know. No, I mean, and it's a val. It's still a somewhat valid one. That's the thing is like, and I get like Dino's talking in chat about the context clues. Yes, we have context clues, but. To be a hundred percent clear, those are context clues, and when right. you're dealing with lore in the form that Destiny takes the lore, I mean, even when it's blatantly called out, sometimes you can't trust it. So, right, context well, you, clues right. is implications. I mean, just context clues are implications based off a, a preconceived notion yes. towards something. Yes. So, I'm just saying, right now, it does seem like a strong understanding that ghosts are from mm-hmm. the traveler however it is not confirmed right so i mean that's don't get the whims of bungee and yeah don't get panties in a knot if next season we get oh hey bray created the ghost like you know right. that's that's as that is as pl- as applicable as the the knife that cut the traveler was you know the the silver blood that's fled because i mean mm-hmm. In this, in the same thing that you know, I think. Hang on, real quick. Let me look up. You want to talk about muddying the waters? Remember the theory about Rasputin downing yep. the traveler? Yep. The fact that they call it a blade. What's the name of uh, Rasputin's? Uh, oh, the attack? Aurora knives is one of his attacks. Uh huh. So yeah, I mean, that's talk about I mean, being able to muddy to the waters f- if yeah. you want well, to take it that direction. Yeah. You can. You can, it's but it flies not- in the face of the actual code that we know that we have from Rasputin. So mm. far, yeah, but like, I mean, I I agree. Again, I just agree. being able to take something out of context yeah. slightly, just because you have an, an idea of where it's going. Mm-hmm. The, that's there's so much in these this book in particular that really gives you some insight into what's going, not only going on, but what happened. Right. Let's see here. The can we talk about building this card in particular? The dreams in the in this one. Sure. The the intro is <laughs> something that's kind of been bothering me, and okay. I'd like to go for it. To dive I, into I actually, it, so I gonna, really like this intro. Actually. Yeah, I'm going to read this one just fully for the beginning of this card, and it starts with like the traveler's perspective. You are the last remaining star. In your dreams, you see yourself suspended in bright but flickering light, staring out over a world half-destroyed. You see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world, stumbling through it like infants, wandering in the labyrinthine ruins they don't understand. For a moment, you feel your body everything you feel in your body everything that they feel. The elation of success, the pain of failure, the candle snuff of death. The gasping of rebirth, you feel it all at once. So 
So is this a description? So this goes into what I think Ted would mentioned about, or what you guys had been talking about, uh, the speakers being an iteration of guardians, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So you see thousands of pieces of yourself in that world, stumbling through it like infants, wondering, excuse me, wandering in ruins they don't understand that's the risen like that's that's right. you're, you're it's so if we there's going to be a lot of ifs in this next statement and i apologize if we take the intros to these cards as being the perspective of the alpha lupi or the traveler then we can see the connection where it is associated with the guardians which does back into the D1 understanding that the Guardians are wielders of the Traveler's Light. And there's a specific call out there that separates the Traveler's Light from their own light. Because we know that every we know that every living being in Destiny Universe has a spark of light. This thing that sep- separates the Guardians from the normal people is that they are wielders of the traveler's light therefore their their reserve is significantly larger which is where their mm-hmm. paracausal capabilities stem from so to me it makes perfect sense that the traveler as the source of their their power is able to sense it it's it's similar to having an army of avatars basically right where this then backs into the conversation that the speaker had with Osiris in that, you know, we are basically glorified weapons of the traveler. The, yeah. the conclusion, though, of this is the question, what does that mean for our will? Because if it is able to do this, what happens... If it gets more power and it's like, you know what? I want an army. It Uh, already has that. Right. A lot of this intro part, have you ever seen those videos of like the self-learning AI? Yeah. And how they go through generations and generations before they can do simple things like stand up or Mm -hmm. walk. I feel like are the risen are very much in that sort of phase oh no from the oh. traveler's point of view yeah no like, i sorry i just had a connection when you said that yeah so like we're stumbling through it like infants like we don't know what we're doing we don't know what the traveler wants of us but throughout those iterations we've learned little bits more and more as the the decades have moved on and now as as the speakers have moved on and i think that eventually we will get it and there will be that point and and like you said if the traveler wants an army we're at a point where i think it's going to be able to communicate something like that to us rather easily now than it would have prior to d2 yeah I think the the reason I was the reason I was groaning was you said the the connection of like learning and um, all I can think of is oh gosh what if all the risen share a hive mind right and live die repeat type of thing right yeah yeah 
I'm like, oh no. <laughs> well, there's it, no way though. That would there's be an well, interesting way to explain but there is a way. individual guardians. There is a way but, to do it. Can you well, question? Go. So, can you have a hive mind yet still have some major personality yes. differences, including yes. risen? Because that are here's going... the thing: is when I say hive mind, I don't mean that you're sharing the hive mind. You're backed up. Every time you get reset, right. Right. You're still you're drawing from the traveler. Your light is being returned to the like you know. Is it so you're like stone the, crypt the style. Deep stone, yes, yes, exactly. Deep stone crypt style, but for on a light basis instead of a, a technological basis. Like right. you are teaching the traveler what it means to exist. So actually, Green, when you mentioned the the blobity blob from the uh, mm-hmm. Cockatus Gate, it's a similar concept, but it's the traveler, not the nine. Which actually makes me even more... Oh, God. Now my brain's going down that spin. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense in my head. Like, yeah. I can totally see that. And and the thing that would be... that The thing that would make it even more of a chef's, you know, ah, kiss, is the fact that the Guardians have no idea. Exactly. Well, it, it, it kind of explains away why we can have... Out, out of the game, us as the audience experience the same things with, at the same time, doing things like raids together and having that expand more than just our single guardian to be an inclusion of other guardians. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It is. Should we start? I'm. I'm trying to think of some of the other things that I saw that we should bring up. Uh, do we want to talk about Ephrodite going out? We haven't brought that up too much. We did bring up the fact that she left, and she and the speaker had conversations. And oh, had I had. Co- uh, I had a connection. question. Oh yeah, you go. Okay. For it. Sorry. Yes. No. I was Ephrodite. just going to ask. Um, Ephrodite talks about possibly going out and finding the next speaker, or keeping our eyes out for this next speaker for our like what do we think of that do you think she's actively looking for someone i think, I think she, she is was. i think well yeah, yeah she was because i mean she's back now i mean kind that could still. be an explanation of why she isn't constantly well she's not back now she was back but she's not yeah. now i mean she is present again i guess yeah. would be the best way of yeah. saying it but she's that would around. be a good explanation, you know, to why she's not around is she could be still because, I mean, she came back in Rise of Iron as a mm-hmm. courtesy. But she made it clear even then that she was not. She wasn't staying. Back. She was gonna yeah. go she, back she's to not the like, yeah, colony. yeah, she was going to go back to the, the colony there. But um and I, I mean, I'm really hopeful we get to see more of that because I think that's a really cool. It's again just a story hook that I really hope they they reel uh-huh. in sometime, um, because it seems like Ephrodite actually has found an alternative to being a war like a war character. Yep. What was your question, Blue? Uh, so I, I actually threw a couple on the mind map. Um, you know, like I had one of like, what would have happened if the speaker had voiced the fear that he noted in the entry suffering? 
Yeah. So basically, like we kind of talked about like helpful. this coming on of the red war. Yeah, like yeah. hey, hey guys, hey guys, there's something coming. Like you know, if like yeah. you know, and I I, I say that tongue in cheek um, because it does completely eliminate uh, the political ramifications of stuff. And like, and I think the entry in all fairness, um, I think this is Christine Christine Faraday wrote this book amazing job in capturing the tension of why the speaker didn't do that like right because he uh hang on where is it uh second paragraph is uh it shouldn't be a surprise the truth has been passed down from speaker to speaker for generations the traveler is good the traveler is sentient the traveler will save us and the traveler will leave us for many, many years, I believe that the prophecy of the traveler's departure was misinterpreted and fulfilled instead by its silence after the collapse, which, just a break, I actually really like that explanation. Right. And, and then he goes on to say, I stopped preaching that final tenet. It's only served to frighten people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, good intentions. And I just, I love that, like, you know, and this goes back to that call out that he is more of an interpreter than a speaker because he's right. like, I, and that's, that's the curse of dreams. Like the dream communication is like everything's symbolic. So he's like, right. I interpret it as the traveler leaving us, you know, we're, we're doing that. We're having this conversation right now. Like this is how we interpret the information being provided to us. You know, it's, it's like, uh-huh. he's, he's not wrong. He ultimately was maybe wrong, but, you know, he wasn't wrong, but the decision then he also saw that that final tenant was only frightening people. And I just, I love that that was at the core, the reason why he stopped preaching that particular tenant. I I mean, like, again, I know everyone loves bagging on the the speaker. Like, I know everyone just loves dogpiling on him. That's why I love this book, and I just I won't I can't say it enough because it it humanizes the speaker in mm-hmm. such an amazing way, um, right? And it shows that okay. And I like I said last week, I don't necessarily agree with the decisions that the speaker makes on a leadership. I like I have a huge issue with censorship. I don't think that it's ever okay. Um, but that being said, I can totally understand from a logical standpoint that what he was trying to do. Right. Like without, if he, if he would have kept, uh, that fourth tenant or if he would have, uh, decided that, you know, let's let everybody in the city would be a drastically different place. Well, and see, and, and I think the, the other thing is like the, the whole thing with the fallen, right? This speaker yep. has a huge bone to pick with fallen. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the speaker in uh, I just blanked on the entry, the the speaker in the entry with the dregs, um, longing, longing, mm-hmm. um, it, like I kind of get the sense that like that could have been the speaker that encouraged people to to try for peace talks, you know, right. to try to right. try again. Like I think they call out that there had been peace talks a little bit, but like mm-hmm. I can see after that event, you know, that that speaker being like, oh hey they're not all baby eaters exactly. there's some people yeah. or there's some of them that actually you know don't want to be at war right 
Right. And that I think this this is a beautiful example of the fact that so much of destiny is written from the perspectives of the various people in their Mm -hmm. lives, not just the perspective of the omni meta writer. Right. It's perspectives of the different characters. And this book is a microcosm of that. And I cannot say that loud enough. Yeah. Like it really is. You have, what was it? Six, six different Mm -hmm. people's perspectives on the same general theme and every one of them has a very distinct flavor like i don't i don't know how like i don't know how to explain that but that is really hard to do Mm -hmm. like i i really appreciate the underlying tone of the traveler's communication is always pretty consistent Mm -hmm. um but the surface communication from the speaker's perspective is different. Like you, you, there is, there is infer an inference that is significantly different from the very first to the very last. Yeah. I just, I love it. I, I mean, like I just, I think that this book does a really good job as a, as a snippet into seeing the whole scope of destiny lore. Like it, it does, I think a really good job of that as well. Dead Orbit would run with the fourth tenant. <laughs> Dead Orbit would run. Dead Orbit would stop. run. Let's I think just yeah. Like, that you at could some point. you could just you could just no, cut yeah. that sentence in half. Like that's <laughs> yeah. In suffering, they mentioned that if if the system maybe the system oh yeah that's Dead right. Orbit has a say in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh. Yeah, that would have been that would have been crazy if speaker had been like oh yeah and the traveler's gonna leave oh well guess what and orbs like i told you so get out (laughs) yep yep oh oh man you know the thing that's really interesting about those four tenets is that they show up with the very first speaker yep with the very first vision well okay essentially yeah comes from it i think i think that i actually like that because it's like, um, oh God, it's a uh, uh, Childhood's End. It reminds me a lot of Childhood's End. It's a, uh, or, uh, not Orson Scott Card. It's a Arthur C. Clarke uh, book. Mm-hmm. Great book, amazing book. But it's it's kind of the similar concept. An advanced species makes contact with humans, and they're like, we're going to teach you how to do stuff. Um, that's the kind of vibe that I got here. Was like the traveler shows up and it's like, hey, this is the knowledge I can offer. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sentient. I'm all that. But at the end, look, I'll I will teach you how to fish. And I'm out. But then I'm going. Like I'm gone. Yep. Like I think that it's in a way I read it. The way I read there's it was other people who need to fish. Well, there's that, and it's also just the traveler being like, I'm not going to just be your crutch. Like it's just the traveler being completely right. honest. Like I'm, I will be bouncing eventually. Mm-hmm. Also, it could be a callback to what happened with the whirlwind and the travelers being like, "Hey, something's chasing me, and I'm going to try to make sure that right. you're def- you're you're able to defend yourself, but you might get eaten." Sorry. Yeah, that fight or flight kind of sense, and that choice was taken away this time. But. Can we? Can I just read through? I want to do one final thing. I know we're getting close. No, to yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was just thing. about to ask yeah. if there was anything you wanted to. Yep. Dreaming. 
I want to read through the traveler's lines, quote unquote lines through the surface. Uh, stuff. If I and just to call out on that, I put that on the map as well. So uh-huh. we have so that you, there. Yeah. So if you want to kind of follow along on the map, uh, the lore network. Mm-hmm. It'll be with the show notes and you should be able I'm going to, full disclosure. I am going to try to embed it into the website. So you should be able to get it directly from the website. If you aren't, you can click on the link and it will take you to MindMeister. So the lines I'm talking about specifically is during the, there's a bit of a sp- like a speech type thing that happens on here. It's like the rise of the first speaker is essentially what's happening throughout here and interlaced within his description or their description. Again, there, there's no pronouns assigned necessarily. There are these lines from the traveler itself. And it says, I am drawn to bright and attentive star. I speak to it through movement, through feeling it understands implicitly. I glide through space as if through water, tugged in nine directions by nine impulses. There is whispering from the deep, dark, alluring and terrifying, a reminder of things left behind, bittersweet and abhorrent. There's some interesting things (laughs) to unpack in there. No, there's not. Why, why, okay, so is, first question, I'm I drawn like, to a bright and attentive star. Mm-hmm. Is that meaning the speaker? Is that meaning given, the, given the star f- soul? Um, I can see that. Bright and attentive I'm, star, I see that as like a, I can a see that bearing sun. I th- yep. I see it as more so with the terraforming a, component, the f- especially. Yeah. Right, but I'm seeing it more so as like a a reference, like if we're c- continuing the line of thought as the mm-hmm. points of stars, thousands <gasps> oh, of stars. I'm seeing no. it more as the speaker. No, because if it's the star system, oh, I just had a thought that could be why this. That's why it's leaving, is it's bouncing from attentive star to attentive, literally the attentive stars, the life-bearing star systems. Right. It's jumping from solar system to solar system based on whether or not it's, you know, the Goldilocks zone or whatever. Like, oh my gosh, that that could be... I don't think that's actually it. I think it's... I still think it's through the speaker. I mean, no, no, no. That's a a chicken and egg scenario. Yeah, I could see that. The only reason... Right. The only reason I'm thinking it could be the solar systems is going back in line with the theory of the music of the spheres. Because the music of the spheres is based around the harmonics that is created through the synchronous movement of the actual mm-hmm. spheres. So if you speak to it, it through it movement. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but if you start speaking through it through movement, through feeling. And you also understand like Gaia forms, which is also called out in Destiny. Like the star is a is a it's not necessarily quote unquote sentient, but it would be a component that would understand in, implicitly through the music of the spheres. Like in like you could, I can also see this as being speaker, and I might be overthinking that. I'm not going to comment that I do that often, but yes. <laughs> um, I can see it being both cases. And if it's so... if it's if it is a solar system. That makes it even more interesting because it says, you know, when it says the traveler will leave you, 
it's not oh, anything you. nefarious. It's literally it's it's picking up another solar system that's like, oh hey, right. there's a you know boop boop boop, and it jumps to so, that solar system, like a solar the- system that can have life, and yes. then it's like, hey, that guy can understand me. I yes. might stick around here for a little bit, right? But eventually, I'm going to need to go to that other solar system, right? To and see the if anybody and there the reason and the reason that is is because the back in the um in the Eris God the uh I blanked. The Rev not Revelations. When when we when uh uh the Eris one team when we got to know them. Um Oh the fire team? No not the fire team, the the original tra- the Jacob Hardy entries. Oh 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 um yeah. But basically so when it was just Moon X, we had it called out that it kept bouncing in and out of existence. Like it kept teleporting places and no one knew where it was going. That could be what's happening is it's like it's finding different systems, you know. I mean mm-hmm. this so is all this another... is all based on an if possibility though. So a, a right. very if right. possibility. I do so, I do also see it being also this... the case being the speaker given the other context of star usage later in within the, the book. Within the book, yes. Uh-huh. So here's the next line. I glide through space as through water, tugged in nine directions by nine impulses. Conspiracy theory time. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I know. You're going there. Um, are you going there in so much as the continuing the music of the spheres as the impulses that is dragging it through the system? I mean, yeah, or you could do that. You could do it directions? that way. You could do it. Uh, I was going to go also with uh, hashtag the nine are everywhere. Um, right. Oh my God! It's like Savathun. <laughs> well, I mean, then the reason why I would say that I could see first off, it is not capitalized. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's important to call out. As with most Destiny yeah. things, capitalization is yeah. a very important thing. Um, but I could see that because later we get a call out to dark, like darkness, not not dark darkness, but just like the deep, the, deep, the like, but like blackness, like dark mm-hmm. energy cough cough callous you know cough cough the nine looking at stuff which is what i think is lavina was noticing um <laughs> trigger the nine are everywhere and savathun is everyone <laughs> <laughs> this whole time it was actually me <laughs> Oh, no. So, I mean, like, I, I could see that. But, I mean, also, if you're going to go with, the, like, the Aeon Cult and Gaia Energies kind of concept, you could also see that in nine directions. You have nine gravitational pulls. Confirmation, Pluto's a planet. <laughs> also, your your dark line. There is whispering from deep dark, mm-hmm. alluring yeah. and terrifying, mm-hmm. a reminder of things left behind, bittersweet and abhorrent. So, there... It's still conversations with something left behind, things left behind, bittersweet and abhorrent. So wherever the traveler is, the traveler is a lightning rod for other things, right? That's kind of something we've discussed on and off throughout Destiny in general, is that when the light gets bright, the dark gets darker. Yep. So. Yeah, and Black Flag, one one more thing about the star symbology or symbolism symbology um anyways sorry 
Boondock Saints. Uh, anyway, the Black Flag points out, too, that it could be searching. One of the reasons it could be interesting as a system is that it's uh, the Traveler searching for new civilizations to imbue with a light to prove its point to the darkness, which is a callback to Unveiling and the Flower Game. Mm-hmm. So, but before I completely derail us for another mm-hmm. 30 minutes um i think i've i think i've expressed my thoughts on the book pretty vehemently and repeatedly uh do you guys what are what were your guys's kind of overall Final impression thoughts? of the books todd do you want to go first sure i i loved them like you said it's nice it's a nice cross-section slice of of destiny and something that's really easy to read and digestible and definitely the more you read it the more you're going to find those little things that i imagine we could talk for another two or three hours about (laughs) those little things just coming across them correct but definitely uh a staple read for anybody who's interested in getting a nice cross-section of destiny and it's and it's lore Awesome. Final thoughts for me. This book has the a good way to describe this book is the it's the fringe at the end of the threads that are starting to come loose. <laughs> so you're starting to see some of the pieces fall more and more into place, which is great. And this one has a lot of little things that are hidden in here that you may not catch the first time you read it. So reading through a few different times, grabbing the different perspectives, seeing the different speakers, the initial read of this book is very... It's not super emotional, except for like maybe the collapse scene. Uh-huh. It's, it's a very straightforward book, but there's so much hidden in here that once you put yourself in the position of the various speakers... You gain a, a more the empathy side of things, and you gain a lot more perspective of how they were handling themselves and going through their lives, but also seeing the traveler in the perspective of the traveler, which is something we have never had before, right. save through Alpha Lupi, which is still a very vague representation. So I think this book is probably one of my favorites so far, that we've gone over in 2020. I would, I would, yes, given that it has been four weeks, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. This is why I said in 2020. Yeah. But I mean, like I, I, the thing here too, is like, I love that. I, I mean, I just, my hats off to, to the writing team for this book. Because, again, I think that the the breadth and the scope of the, just, like, just the um, the writing tonal qualities and the shifts in that tonal quality is just amazing to me. Um, I think it was really well done. So, I, that's, I mean, that's actually kind of a good segue for into uh, shout-outs for the advanced session is and I'm going to just kind of steal the lead of that one. Um, Go for it. A huge shout-out to, uh, I think it's... Uh, Christine Faraday is the primary, I believe the primary writer for this particular book. Uh, my hat's off to you. Like 
seriously, this is a really well done book and, and my hat's off to the rest of the writing team for, cause I know, I know it's a group project. I know that like it is a group that does this, you, you know, the, you can't do this without a village and this is definitely true. Um, but seriously, you guys, this is, this is a good one. I really enjoyed reading this and it's mostly because I really enjoyed the, the, um, un unashamed and unapologetic take on explaining a character that the community for the most part has really disliked and has been very vehement about this is a bad person it's like no okay look this is like you can agree again you can agree or disagree with how the speaker chooses to lead that's one thing but this uh, this does a really good job in explaining why those choices were made and the history that led to that character making those changes. And and that I think is always something valuable when you're talking about character development, you know, you want character development, read this book, just read this book because this explains the development of that character. Absolutely. Uh, Ted, do you have any shout outs for this one? Um, Shout out to chat for staying with us. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, it's... Like Blue said, this this was an amazing thing that, that the Bungie writing team have pulled off. And it could not have been a relatively easy thing. And compared to other lore entries where we get where... Um, by the time we get to the end, there's still a lot of openness and speculation. This is one of the entries where it does kind of taper off to an, an end point. Um, I'm not saying that there's not anything that could happen afterwards. We, we don't know, but at least we'll experience it. Um, and I think that's just a testament to how well done and well thought out this is all been and yeah just to go with blue the the writers absolutely so speaking of writers i actually want to do a shout out to one of the new uh narrative leads oh i forgot thank you Mm. thank you you're (laughs) welcome She is, uh, she is, she tweeted out the other day, I packed oh, I so that. much Destiny oh, yeah. 2 lore into my brain these first three months at Bungie <laughs> that it started dribbling out my nose. Confirmation, really there's a story Bible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank, thank God. Which, I mean, if not, I mean, could that, you imagine oh, being a writer and, you know, and not have a story Bible? To be fair, my respect would kind of go up for them because how the hell would you keep it all straight without no that? Kidding. Like, like, we no hardly kidding. keep it straight. And we're doing this weekly. I mean, I know they're doing it daily, but geez, <laughs> at this point, how massive the, the world is, you really have to kind of focus on different segments. And I know that's one right. of the, b- both the frustrations and the beauty of the game is mm-hmm. the fact that we get these writers writing different stories and some of these different stories get kind of um, not necessarily put on the sideline, but we have a, you have a new writer who comes in who wants to take on a different aspect right. or a different story that they're excited about, right. which is great because it fleshes out this world even further, giving us way more um, width of story, not necessarily depth of story. Right. And it seems at this point, if they continue on the track that they've started, 
starting in Shadowkeep, they're going to start diving deeper and connecting these stories. So you don't have just the width of stories now that we've gotten from all these different writers, but you're going to get a lot more depth in connecting them together. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what Julia does. Um, she's definitely, I I enjoy it when there's a female narrative lead. I'm not going to hide my bias on that one. Like I love, Guy did an amazing job with mm-hmm. the season. I think that um, Jonathan did a really good job with John. Yeah. Is, John did a great job with the season. John Goff has done a great job with the season that he's been helping with. So I'm excited to see it go. And I don't know if a, dic- a different direction is accurate because I may not be that much different, but having a new set of eyes and perspective, perspective on the, yeah. the lead aspect of it is always really fascinating from a study perspective for us. So I'm excited to see her work and excited to see what happens next and what's going to happen to Saint 14 and all the different things. So there's a lot of fun things in the horizon. I hope I'm excited to see it anyway, blue. Well, I just, you know, as I, as has become traditional in the last two weeks, I want to thank you for your time. And until next time, remember with wisdom, we conquer, stand strong, stand tall and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.